0: Please welcome the wickedly talented one and only Adele Dazeem. About the whole Adele Dazeem thing, is that he said she was wickedly funny or wickedly talented,
1: yeah, which yeah. which
0: ties into the fact that she was in Wicked. So <laughs> well, he got that connection right. Do you do you just get
1: like your line before you step on stage, or or what? I, I don't. I, I well, Sean, I would assume that he, he practiced that person's name. I mean, wouldn't it only make sense that you would? You have one line. I mean. And you're reading it. Right. So to randomly throw out some other person's name, like me calling you Sean Crafton or something, you go, where the fuck did that come from? You have one job here. And it's literally, he's an actor. And he's cut the line in front of him. (laughs) Well, well, somebody said that uh,
0: afterwards that he's dyslexic. I'm um, I'm like, okay, uh, that may be. But there's a a lot of problems I have with that scenario. Okay. If you're dyslexic, why didn't you flub any of your other lines mm-hmm. that you're reading? And if you are dyslexic, is that something maybe you you want to like raise your hand when they go, John, John, come here. Come here. What? <laughs> Where? <laughs> Where? <laughs> John, you're gonna you're gonna introduce Adina Menzel. Whoa.
1: <laughs> uh, no. Well it it <laughs> right. It, the thing is. I don't get how the dyslexia thing even becomes part of the... Even if he is dyslexic. And I'm not trying to make fun of dyslexics. No. But you literally have about seven words you had to know. What does dyslexia have to do with this? Um, (laughs) I mean... He made it worse on himself with the whole wickedly thing. And you can see the was stumbling over it. And that... Well, that, a lot of people say that he
0: started slowing down when he got to that point. Because he, so he, he sort of... Uh... He sensed that that the train was going to go <laughs> off
1: the rail here real quick. You can tell that he,
0: he knows it's about wickedly to happen. Wickedly funny. Why is wickedly funny? Wickedly
1: talented. I don't. I mean, you, you can just see, you oh, can no. see you can see in his eyes he's got the look of that little nerd who's like, who's been out relegated to the outfield, knowing that no one hits it out there. And then there's <laughs> that one time <laughs> the, the, the balls come around. Here and comes like, the pop fly. Uh oh. <laughs> yes. It's a lazy pop fly. And It's coming his way. And you just know that he's going to drop the fucking ball. (laughs) It's going to (laughs) happen. Yeah. Poor Travolta. (laughs) But here's the deal, though. If you fuck up, own it. The story goes away. He hasn't not owned it. Well, no, but don't even bother with the dyslexia things. You say, in his defense. I
0: don't know. know. If if you pull that,
1: I think you have to, I think you've got to fish for something. (laughs) Well, then come up with, I was drunk, okay? (laughs) Yeah. It would explain the wickedly talented. <laughs> because I don't know what that has to do with dyslexia. Yeah, he should have just grabbed his arm and gone, hey, <laughs> Where's the girl for me to hand my shoes to?
0: Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Anyway, slice and dice number 21. We're back, and it has been. It's been a while. It has been a while. Real
1: life got in the way for a bit. Yeah,
0: a little bit. You know, a little bit of hiatus. The site hasn't been updated in a while, but, uh, but we're back. We are back, raring to go. Yes, we are. And we have not got together to talk about the Oscars, which were...
1: You know, well, three weeks ago, now with with the recording device, we have discussed the Oscar.
0: Well, sure, but but our three fans don't know what our right. take is, and, and that they only seems... know what
1: the take was going into <clears throat> it.
0: Right? Uh, you know, for me, the take coming out of it's pretty much the take that went into it. No, so, they... there were no surprises. This there. was
1: actually in the end one of the least interesting Oscars. You know,
0: who, you know, and, and I know you you had more problems than I did with it going in. I, I thought a pleasant surprise. Was Ellen. I thought she did a good job. Yeah, she was benign. Absolutely she was benign. But, you know, I... I don't know that I need more than benign in my Oscar
1: teller. Here's where I will go. I thought she was terrible for the first five minutes. I thought she was boring. Once she started mixing the audience in, then I liked her. Mm-hmm. Because I think they warmed up to her. And that was fine. When she got off the script of the, the, the stupid little intro... Then she was fine because again, I don't find her funny. I don't find her delivery of stuff funny at all. So I was just finding it painful sitting there for the for the opening monologue. But once she got off that and became Ellen again, and uh, people warmed up to her, I loved the audience participation pieces that they had.
0: Well, I mean, I think for the very for the first time in a long time, it, it actually, it she took. The stuffiness out of the Oscars. I would agree. These people, and maybe, and maybe it has a lot to do with just this younger Hollywood that seems to be, you know, you know the the Jennifer Lawrences and the Bradley Coopers and Lapita Nyongos. You know, there's these just apparently don't offer Leonardo DiCaprio pizza. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, he was not, not
1: happy. Leonardo
0: was not not looking <laughs> like he was thrilled with the whole thing. But um, but you know. It, it, You know, these people actually, like,
1: almost looked human for a change. And there's a part of me that thinks we've had an interesting kind of shift in Hollywood over the past 15 or 20 years, where gone are the days uh, uh, well, I can't say totally gone, but you you listen to uh, some of the old-time actors and actresses talk about what Hollywood was like then and what it's like now, and it's night and day. And I think there's a certain almost approachability on some of the younger actors and actresses. Well, and here's, here's the other thing. All you hear about every year
0: is that the Academy is just made up of these stodgy old men who, who won't take any risks and stuff. They're going to pick a nice safe... Thing. At what point, because you've heard this your entire life, at what point... Are they not stodgy old men again? Or at least are they stodgy old people who were part of the people who were complaining that they were stodgy old people to begin with? Do you just automatically turn stodgy when you're old? and and At some point, much like the acting and the actors that are there, there has to be a shift in that mindset.
1: There has to be enough of an influx uh, of a more open-mindedness to kind of start getting that out of there. Unless... The academy will always be just made up of film stops. Uh,
0: maybe um, uh, w- the other thing about, and I think it's even more prevalent now. At least it seems more prevalent now than it has in the past. Is how in a lot of instances the right person's not winning an award. It's who campaigned the hardest for it. Yeah, I don't like that's that that's
1: unfortunate. Aspect. I, I don't like that aspect at all. It, who
0: is going to suck my cock? better than the other guy. Mm-hmm. That's how you win an Oscar. Yeah, I,
1: I, don't, I don't like any of the practice of... I don't, I don't like the two months leading into the Oscars because you know that that's a lot of what you're going to get is just campaigning. Good. And it, it kind of cheapens the fact that the award's supposed to be about acting. Okay. It, or, well, acting or directing or whatever. But it's supposed to be the elite from that crowd for that year. Right. The best job at that particular role.
0: Right. Um, this year, I don't have really any complaints no. about who won.
1: Um, so, no, it mean, was everything went as we said it would go. Yeah. whether And, and that's not, again... I mean,
0: this was a predictable year. Right. Um, and I guess you can say in hindsight it was a predictable year because we did so well on our predictions. You know, hitting twenty-one out of twenty-four and twenty out of twenty-four. I think mm-hmm. you had. I mean, that's
1: that's a good year. Yeah. Um, you know, it, again, I actually had twenty-one out of twenty-four, but I fucked myself. Done. I have a sheet of paper
0: that says you had twenty. Yeah, and I I <laughs> own the
1: fact that in the email when I sent it, I said i have I changed one. I'm going to regret it, and if I if which I is
0: interesting it, to me because because in, in theoretically, if you left that the same, that's fine. But to me, you 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 flubbed on one of the most uh, one of the easiest underhand pitches out there in Frozen. I don't know yeah. how you didn't take Frozen.
1: That baffled because me. I
0: it, I looked at that. I honestly looked at that. I, the the whole American Hustle thing that you switched aside that because I didn't I didn't know one way or the other there. But but I when I saw you didn't pick Frozen, I said he just handed me
1: this win. Yeah. Well, and you know what it is? It's because, honestly, I thought that... I, I thought the Academy wasn't going to give up to the hype of this sudden Walt Disney... But what ride. else on
0: there were you going to give it to? That's the thing.
1: I figured they would give it to one of the foreign animated films.
0: Yeah.
1: But, uh, that nobody's ever seen. That's never stopped them before. No.
0: <laughs> Well, it has as long as uh, Pixar was in in charge, but Pixar not even nominated
1: this no, year. Pixar is uh, not even a shell of they movie. Didn't, it, didn't,
0: it didn't uh, no? I, it's been a long time since I've enjoyed a Pixar flick, but uh, we'll get on Pixar a little bit later. But no, will, I, like, uh, I, I, I will give credit where credit's due. You beat me, and I haven't seen Frozen. Um, yeah. I, I want to. I just just I want to see what the hype is. You know, the little snowman guy looks funny. So you know, whatever. I, I'm not I'm not going to. Stop the presses to to sit down and watch it. But I know Meg's uh, a big fan, and she'll she'll make me sit and watch it at some point. And you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, the, the telecast was cool. I, I thought the I thought the Ellen selfie was was, was pretty funny. That was I think funny. The best thing about that was Lapita Nyong'o's brother <laughs> jumping into the picture. That was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I love is uh, I don't know if you've seen. <laughs> I don't know if they've made a meme out of it or not, but they've got like this aerial shot from behind and you can see Eliza Manelli trying to You're trying like hell to get in, yes. <laughs>
1: she didn't get in, but <sighs> she, yeah, that she was... is such a train wreck now. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, that was so she just funny. Looks yeah. Angry and Lost. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um well and then they when they did the uh the Wizard of Oz tribute, which again it, much like James Bond last year, I just thought it was just I understated. Yeah. First of all, I, I I get the I get the iconography of the Wizard of Oz in cinema, but if you're gonna do it, do it right. I mean. Oh, and Judy Garland's kids are. Okay, there's two people here that nobody has ever fucking heard of or gives a shit about, and you have Liza Minnelli. Mm -hmm. And I don't care if she's a train wrecker. I don't know. Maybe they learn. Maybe maybe these people who produce these things learn something from the whole uh, what's her face at the Golden Globes there. All right. Nobody bring up some old. Well, then, and of course, who'd they bring up here? Uh, Kim uh, Novak. Whose face is oh, <laughs> melting she, down over She's hell. had a
1: little work, I think.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, we're not bringing Liza up here. That can only go bad for us. But I, I think I think if you're honoring Judy Garland and then her kids, I think Liza Minnelli warrants a little more respect than, oh,
1: stand up and take a bow, you three. <laughs> I, I, you know, I will say this: I don't even like when the when they feel the need to do. And this year's Oscars is going to be a tribute to yeah. heroes. Yeah, and really? tell me exactly. Tell me in there where you felt that that was ever about heroes. It it, it never felt like it, but that was their big thing, I, and they just kept randomly show throwing up pictures of heroes, and, right. and it was like, what the, you know. Here would be my idea. Why don't we make this year's Oscars about this year's Oscars? Hey. Let's do tributes to the big movies that, yeah. uh, that, were, that have been nominated this year. Right. Let's give you a piece of that. Let's bring out people. Let's bring out music from those. Yes. Let's use the best songs to be our pieces. Yes. Sing, do all of them. Right. But no, it, 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 instead they give us a tribute to heroes. They give then us a, a two-minute s- animation montage and yeah. nothing. Then we see someone singing Somewhere Over the Rainbow. And, and, and you know, if there isn't a song that I, I really don't ever need to hear again, it's Somewhere, Somewhere Over, Over the Rainbow. Rainbow. <laughs> I mean, it, and they, I'm like you. I totally get... The worship of Wizard of Oz. It is a nod to a time that we don't have in Hollywood anymore. You think that's 1939. Mm-hmm. When that movie came out, I'm sure it was amazing. But when it came out, that's also when people used to go to movies in tuxedos. Right. It's a different time now. And I don't get why people still cherish this thing to the point where they... well. To be fair, there there are more midgets per square inch in that movie than probably any
0: other movie out there.
1: Yeah, well, this is true. (laughs) And if uh, wasn't there a Carrie Fisher movie that was about what was it called, Under the Rainbow, where it was she was uh, it was supposed to be a, a. Kind of a fictional yeah. take of working with the midgets that were shooting that movie. Right. I, I think, think so. it was called Under the Rainbow. I think so. And I'm sure Billy Barty was in it. but Because <laughs> he was in everything that had a midget back right. in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, yeah it, the Wizard of Oz thing, I think, is played. And it's also different now because I remember the Wizard of Oz was one of those events that we would get. It would play once. Oh, it would be a Friday or? night every year. Uh, they just play it once and your family watch it you play it yeah. but it goes back to the same thing as we said about the, the animated holiday specials and stuff yeah. now it's not the same when you just throw a video in right and, and, and I think it, to a certain extent it's lost its appeal, and if that's the case, fine. That's where we've gone. But then let's not do a tribute to this kind of stuff. Let's just right. do a tribute or to this year's movies. If you're going to do a tribute, do a tribute. Do a tribute to it. Do a real
0: tribute, not just some some couple minutes of lip service and, and oh, let's bring somebody out and sing this song
1: and throw Ellen. You know Goodwitch Glenda's costume, whatever it was.
0: Bring out that. There's like one last munchkin alive. Oh, yeah. I want to see Wheel them. the munchkin out. And in the munchkin outfit, oh, though. That's kind of That, that funny. would be awesome. Um, you know, to, do something uh, to, to, to honor that. What
1: exactly was the Lollipop Guild, by the way? I have no idea. What? What? Do you just say, you it's know what? a speak for something. It, right. I, I'm afraid that they're up to shenanigans and goings-on <laughs> yeah. here. Because you don't form a guild around a goddamn lollipop. No, you do not. <laughs> oh, well. Um, you
0: know, it, going back to uh, more of the Oscars there, you know, uh, Lapita Nyong'o, I think, was uh, all class up there.
1: Oh, she uh, came out a winner out of this. And not yeah, just absolutely. Not just uh, with the award, but yeah, I... I It sounds like she's getting calls for a whole lot of work, and that's a good thing. And considering uh, Abrams' approach to her to be in the next Star Wars flick.
0: I can see that. That makes sense. Um, Now, somebody I did see, was I saw that Barkhad Abdi was signed into something. I don't remember what it was. It isn't was, like Thug Number no, Four, <laughs> I, I don't think there's. Uh, I, I don't think there's anything. Um, uh, I don't think it's a critical role or anything. Probably not. Um, you know, I'm sure he's going to play that Somali guy in something. But uh, what else can he do? He's got very broken English. He's. He's got. I'm big sorry. Teeth. I'm sorry. He's a bit unsightly. Yes. You know. Um. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't see a big
1: future in no. line
0: for Barkhad. No, and
1: again, it's no knock on him, but to a certain extent, uh, all the stories of him being broke and basically yeah. that the studio just rolled him out for his one day and put him mic like yeah. on a plane and sent him home. Yeah, he he had a brush with fame, but to you know, you and I had that uh, had a great discussion, I think, off the air about whether or not though a certain amount that is almost unfair because this guy had a brush just like. Not even a fifteen minutes of fame. Right. I mean, it was just a little, little taste, and I don't know that he'll ever, ever no. have any sniff of this again. No. So, is it even fair to put him in that kind of spot? And do people say, "Yeah"? Most people never get that high, or is it? Well, no, it's not fair because who wants it for just five minutes?
0: Right.
1: I don't, and I don't know. I can't wrap my head around what it must be like to be Barkhan Omni. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I. Will we get? Will
0: we get to to cash his Captain Phillips royalty checks? But uh, I don't know how much that'll be. But
1: uh, no, my guess is they didn't sign any of the Somali pirates for no. a whole lot of money.
0: I'm sure his <laughs> well, contract is pretty small. There'll be a buddy comedy next, Barkhad <laughs> Abdi, and you know they'll even call it the Somali Pirates. <laughs> um, McConaughey, good to see him win. Yeah, um, and again, it seems though like. You know, you look at McConaughey, and McConaughey, of the last three or four years, is worthy of this type of accolade. The McConaughey prior to...
1: You mean Surfer Dude McConaughey? Yeah,
0: very, you know, rom-com McConaughey, not so much. And a lot of it, you have to wonder, like, when you look at Leonardo DiCaprio, is, has McConaughey paid enough of his dues over somebody like like DiCaprio, did was McConaughey's performance in Dallas Buyers Club any better than DiCaprio? Well,
1: no, not, not as far as I was concerned.
0: No, I mean, you can make a case that, that it's on par with, but I don't know that it was better. And, you know, Leo, you're talking about an organization here in the academy that, that's renowned for making things up to you later on, whether you deserve it there or not. And I thought this was a pretty prime way to make it up to Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. by, by giving him this one. But it, it,
1: I, Like I say, for, there's a part of me that thinks that there's this weird backlash against Wolf of Wall Street and it's unfortunate. <laughs> it's, a, it's a brilliant movie. But, but it got plenty of nods. It, it did, but just no victory here. No. But that said, if you want to be angry, be part of the American Hustle cast. It was talking about a movie that got a ton of night? It got nominated for each of the big six and got shut out. Yep. Now, again, we predicted that that would happen. But, I mean, to act, to get totally shut out, that's crazy. Right. And, I mean, if anything was going to win from that, I think it was more likely Jennifer Lawrence could have beaten Lupita She was Duongo. probably
0: the... the, the the best shot they had,
1: because it, and I just actually rewatched that movie Friday, and she really was that good in that role. Mm. She she was fantastic in it. <sighs> yeah, yeah. That that movie for some reason just <laughs> just this close. But, yeah, so far. Right. But, yeah, Leo's the guy who has got to be getting pissed by now. And maybe that's why he turned the pizza down. He knew <laughs> he was there. And, even though probably was at his, was, oh, fuck it. No, no, I'll at least get a piece of pizza out of the deal. But
0: he knew going in he wasn't going to no. win the board. He knew he wasn't even the second on the board. No, there but, was uh, no uh,
1: buzz around miss? him on that one.
0: Uh, Blanchette, about as predictable as you get. Yeah. Uh, was sort of glad that she didn't even go there with, with the, the Woody, Woody Allen, Allen thing. thing. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, she was classy, oh. uh. Uh, who won director? Oh, Quaron for Gravity, um, which well I, I, deserved. Yeah, there's there's still some haters out there for that, but I think most of them are just some pretentious snobs who are trying to justify their opinions. So whatever, have have, your, have whatever opinion you want. I don't see how uh,
1: how you don't give that to Quaron. Oh, it, that um, that that was to me a textbook. Reasoning to give a best directing award. Sure. If you look at the technical aspects of making that of the film Gravity, I don't know how you could have gone any other place with that that award. Um, and God knows, every the fact that it swept the technical awards is a great sign. Sure. That that's pretty much why he won it. Was it is a technical masterpiece.
0: And Twelve Years a Slave wins best picture.
1: I've yeah, no so. issue with that.
0: I think it was the best picture. Though. In
1: fact, I would recommend that if people need a, a pick-me-up, a, a good cheerful <laughs> yeah. Saturday afternoon some kind of you fluff. don't have to think too hard. You can right. sort of zone out. Pop too. some popcorn, yeah. you know. Yeah. Open up your favorite beverage. Yeah. yeah. 12 yeah. years of slavery. And have a 12 years of slave party. Yeah.
0: it is. Do that can, like a Schindler's List double bill.
1: Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Anytime either the N word or, or somebody's <laughs> called the Dirty a drink Jew, drink, take, a take a
0: shot. Take a shot. We could drink game out of the I, I
1: mean, anytime somebody <laughs> gets whipped, drink. And if you really <laughs> want to go for a, a three for The Killing Fields, is yeah, another sure. one that you could throw sure. in there. Absolutely. And yeah, no, 12 Years a Slave was. It, it is a fantastic film. All right. But. Yeah, <laughs> not a happy film to watch No,
0: so that's the Oscars uh, Unpredictable, or unpre- very predictable Predictable this year um, What
1: would you think of the speeches? We we haven't talked too much about the speeches I wasn't a big fan I know a lot of people like McConaughey's yeah. I didn't like the whole myself as my hero thing Yeah, that was, that kind, was kind of I don't know weird. where he was
0: going with that
1: um, I think he got a little McConaughey for a moment there
0: Yeah, I- McConaughey's tough to read, because I don't, I don't know if the guy's a genius or he's dumb as a rock. Well, he, he, I, <laughs> I, I,
1: I I have a feeling, yeah, he's kind of a brilliant idiot Yeah, that you just could get frustrated with. Right. Because right. you know there's a part of him getting it, but there's a part you're like, I think you burned all your brain cells yeah, up. Yeah, yeah.
0: All right, all right, all right. <laughs> okay. Uh, I thought Nuwango's speech was... was Probably one of the better
1: ones. Yeah, hers and I liked Leto's. And Leto's was good. Yeah, no, no I, I
0: didn't have any problem with uh, with most of them. Yeah, they were they were fine. Like, like I said, McConaughey's was the, a little weird at times there, but but yeah, there we go. Um, I mentioned that we were go back to Pixar. We're finally going to get The Incredibles
1: two, which is really it's the sequel of all the Pixar films. You're going to give me a sequel? Well, right there you go. Right, one of the better. Uh, the
0: better ones, I would have said Monsters Inc. and I didn't hate Monsters University. It just wasn't up to par mm-hmm. as, as the first. But yeah, The incredible seems like a logical.
1: That's uh, a superhero family. Yeah. You can do something can with do, that. You
0: can do something with that, um, and we're finally going to get that. And Brad Bird is back on to direct mm-hmm. it. So yeah, maybe this could be good. What we didn't need was Cars Three, which apparently they've announced. Um, I. Uh, I can only hope that's a direct-to-DVD thing, because it should be. I didn't
1: think Cars 2 did that well. I, I mean, I'm sure well, it covered. And, and I know it's hard to judge with these kind of movies, because there's a whole lot of it is DVD sales afterwards. Right. For people that can't afford to take the, the whole fam to a movie, then just wait for a hit DVD, drop the 20 bucks, and there you go. Right. But I'm just shocked. I mean... I guess it's good Larry Cable guy, Larry the Cable guy is still getting work still as Mater or whatever his name right. is.
0: I'm a cartoon pickup truck. I
1: really? mean, that we got that going for us. But, I mean, the Incredibles, because last we saw them was what? We had Jack Jack had done something. I don't
0: remember. He burst into flame when Syndrome was trying to fly away with him there. Syndrome.
1: Yeah, Jason Lee was a perfect choice for that kind yeah. of character. Yeah,
0: uh, that was a fun flick. I'm, I'm curious to see what they do uh, going around. Um, Star Wars will pick up thirty years after Return of the Jedi. Perfect
1: choice. I think so. That that way that they could use Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, Harrison Ford. And we are. Officially, we are thirty-one years after the release of Jedi. Anyway, so the aging is what you would expect it to be. To a certain extent, they may have put their bodies through some extra. Yeah, pain Car- of Carrie
0: Fisher needs some work. Yes, before, uh, but it before sounds filming. like
1: they have given her a trainer and yeah. uh, are are going with it. Um, but yeah, I, I like the choice because I do believe that before they can hand it off, it needs to be handed. The, To do it right, Star Wars needs to be handed from the last group to the new group. But if they are going with the whole Luke and uh, Han and Leia's kids, and and Luke starting up the Jedi Temple, Jedi Academy again, then perfect. This is the way to do it.
0: Now, here's uh, here's something interesting. Do you think that they will overlook, or that they will get it right? That will they age Chewbacca? Because they should.
1: I would think that Wookie's you Wookiee's age. They do. Um but this I'm about to have a, a admitted moment where I'm saying I don't remember the lifespan of a Wookiee.
0: I don't know. know. Because I remember in that stupid Christmas thing they did where they went to Wookieeville and I believe there was like a grandpa Wookiee and all that stuff. It was
1: there? Yeah, they were going to visit Chewbacca's family. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was there was there was grandpa Wookiee. I <laughs> Grandpa Wookie. What would a Grandpa Wookiee be? Na- Nana and Papa Wookie. I just guess they have gray hair. And could you ever tell they have hair growing out of their ears at some point? Or is no. they, do they go in reverse? They go in reverse, yeah. they, they just start their losing their hair? Their hair. Yeah.
0: yeah, they look like normal people. But, Hank Solo is a Wookiee, actually. <laughs> we'll find
1: out he was the brother of Chewbacca. Yeah, I could the actually see brother. that. Yeah. It would explain his lack of speech now. Right. No, 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 his mumbling. Uh... Yeah, I, this is a good show. I want to see, though, are they going to roll out Billy D. Williams again? Are they going to give us Lando Calrissian? Uh-huh. I, that's a name I haven't heard. It's my understanding that, and I don't need people to tell me this anymore, that R2-D2 was the first one that was kept. Yeah. Of course he was. You know, though, they've already built themselves a bit of an issue, and that's that if you really break down what R2 could do in the first three films... It was less than what he could do in the second three, mm. and those were prequels to the first ones. He had right. way more abilities, and I think it's way too played out. This R two D two super droid thing right. is to me a old, tired, stupid plot line that they need to just do away with.
0: Right?
1: I like C three PO. I kind of got him like the. Well, he was the first like you know gay hero, right? <laughs> He was. I don't know. He's a little misunderstood, I think. (laughs) He's He's very shiny. He experimented. (laughs) Oh, man. But is Kenny, I don't know, is Kenny Baker still alive? I know Anthony Daniels. I think they're both alive. But let's be honest. Kenny Baker, R2-D2 can be played by any midget you drop inside the right. metal can. Right. You don't even have to have anybody. You can CGI these right. days. I mean, that's R2-D2 pretty much R2-D2 all they R2-D2. were in the pre, uh, prequels anyway. Right. So, yeah. Uh, Whatever. Well, I'm down. I'm
0: down. We'll Next be there. Next Christmas. We'll... Maybe we'll be there. Uh, I-, I can wait for it, though.
1: Oh, I As I we get older, get I want right. time to just sort yeah. of ease off the gas a little bit here. <laughs> I remember when Jedi was coming out. Every newspaper article on the movie I cut out and hung up in my walls. My walls were just peppered with Sephiroth Jedi. And then it came out. And I like it. And you took the articles down. <laughs> but then the Ewoks appeared. Uh, and I hated the Ewoks. Right. Hated, hated, hated the Ewoks. But then we got Jar Jar and I didn't realize how good we had it with the Ewoks. Right. So.
0: Dancing chedi, uh, dancing teddy bears is definitely uh, preferable jump, jump. to uh, yeah yeah whatever the hell the gungans were but oh. uh, anyway you have anything else to add to news here or uh, how shall we move on? Try to, to think to, if there's anything. I don't think there's anything else. It's been
1: pretty news free
0: lately. Yeah, yeah, well, don't force it. Let's uh, let's do a little what we watched.
1: so cool. Come on, man. Let's go to the movies. Let's go see the stars. Cowboy.
0: You'd think with as much uh, time in between these flicks that uh, I'd have seen more, but I've actually been watching or catching up with more television stuff that I have Oh, anything. You've been
1: rocking Hulu Plus. Uh,
0: uh, yeah, you know, just you know, I've only seen like two flicks, uh, two new flicks since uh, since we last convened.
1: Yeah, I, I,
0: I have done some rewatches and stuff, but uh, you know, that I had
1: a re-watch weekend. We. Again, we rewatched watched uh, American Hustle the other day. And my wife and I sat and watched pretty much two seasons of Archer yesterday afternoon. So we're revisiting a great show. People aren't on Archer. They need to be. That's a freaking awesome show.
0: Right on. Uh, yeah, I've been sort of uh, injecting a lot of community. Oh, that's, um, a,
1: that's a good show. Um,
0: yeah, it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun.
1: Well, actually... Let's let's do this first before what we watch. What? What's your take on the new Pretty Reckless album? I love it. So do I. It's this to me is a great rock album. It's then some of the tracks. My favorite track on the album, I think it's called Absolution, where it, it's almost got. And I, I hate using this for a choice of words, but it starts out almost like a Pink Floyd esque. Yeah. Kind of uh, guitar riff, and if I, I remember, it's got a lead in that's like a, a maybe a forty-five second song called like "Sweet Sister." Yeah. That's kind of a light ballad, but it's totally a setup to to Absolution. It, it, the album itself is fantastic. If people aren't on Pretty Reckless, it's not a gimmick wow. band. Uh, Taylor Momsen has a great voice; and it's just a good rock voice. They've definitely found their own sound, yeah. and it's a perfect. Follow up, I acknowledge the fact that they had an EP come out like a year and a half ago, but I don't count EPs. EPs, EPs, don't EPs count. Especially have, right? Hey, a lot of times it's look, we know we need to get back in the studio, we can't, so we'll throw the dog a bone. Yeah. Um, this is the real follow up to light me up, and it's, it's well worth a listen. I've got it in one of my vehicles, and I can't stop listening to it. It's just a great album.
0: EPs for me are like when, when an author goes and, and releases a, a book of short stories. I don't like that. Huh. I don't like if I if I'm used to a like nice four hundred, five hundred page novels with somebody, I don't want to I don't want your short stories. Yeah. I would agree. It just feels like incomplete stories to me. Yep. An incomplete novel. A chunky, clunky novel. Yeah. That's just
1: me. I no, I I agree with you. And their EP actually it wasn't that great. It's it was like four songs, two of which were live tracks from Light Me Up. And I think the two new tracks,
0: eh. And if you are going to give me an EP, don't give me shit you've already given me. Right. I don't care if it's live or not live.
1: Yeah. If if I'm because in all in actuality, all you're doing is giving me two songs. In. Yep. And my only take is these were songs you probably wrote for the first album and just didn't feel like they fit it. Right. So instead, you then throw in the dog a bone until you can roll out a new album. Yeah. So. But, yeah, I'm digging this album a lot. I think it's a definite, definite good follow-up to to light me up.
0: Agreed. All right. So, uh, you've seen a few things. I have. You want to throw one out there?
1: I will throw something if I have to watch this movie again.
0: Well, there's uh, no doubt that the the movies you have
1: will probably suck because that's what you pick. That's what I pick. (laughs) Well... The first movie actually is one that everyone heard about last year but no one saw and that was Ridley Scott's The Counselor. You seem unsettled. I'm alright. I just need you to be sure that you're locked in.
0: I don't know. It's my recommendation anyway, Counselor. Don't do it. Well, I guess I'm a little taken aback at the cautionary nature of this conversation If you're not in you need to tell me why
1: because you don't know someone until you know what they want is why with <laughs> the the cast of uh, Cameron Diaz the, cast of the counselor yes Penelope Cruz uh, Michael Fassbender I mean Brad Pitt it's right loaded with people. The problem is, this this is one of those films where I made the argument on the last podcast that maybe David O. Russell, people like for his acting, but it could turn out to be that he's just got a great set of stars making his stuff good. Either way, it works. This movie is a sign that sometimes, no matter how many good people you put in a movie, it'll flat out suck anyway. Granted, Cameron Diaz is not a great actress, and if you see this movie, you'll really wonder how it is she ever got cast in anything. But the, this movie is about a, a counselor, a lawyer who in Mexico, who has run afoul of the wrong people because he's been doing, shit, doing shady dealings, as apparently everybody in Mexico does, has there ever been a happy story coming out of Mexico? Have we ever heard a feel-good story in Mexico where people just give their all, they eat well, they make sure their masses eat well? Every story out of Mexico, somebody's shot, running drugs, and something else, and they were orphaned at the age of 12 when they were sold in the prostitution or something. It's Nothing good comes out of Mexico. It's more food. Tacos. <laughs> Is that racist? No, I, I, I'm <laughs> agreeing with you. I, 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 but if you see cinema, it, there's nothing good that happens in Mexico whatsoever. Typically and the not. Counselor is just another sign that nothing good happened. Get the Gringo, except that was full of dirty dealings too. It's just a good movie, right? The Counselor, not a good movie. I can't recommend it. Ridley Scott is one of those guys. He he's got some great works under his belt. But for every good work, I swear there's something else. Because didn't he do that Robin Hood film a few years ago that was absolutely boring as shit? I don't remember. That had. Uh... The
0: one with Russell Crowe? Yes. Uh, was I, that Scott? I don't I remember. I
1: think that was a Ridley Scott film. But he's one of those directors, for every good movie, there's something bad. This is a bad movie, and now I don't ever want to see Cameron Diaz fuck a car again. <laughs> and, and all it took was when. Uh, Javier Bardem was the character in the car watching it. Fassbender asks him what it looked like, and he said that it was not too attractive. It was like watching a sucker fish against glass. (laughs) I think I threw up in my mouth a little bit. (laughs) That movie makes me throw up in my mouth a little bit. I will give it a 1.5 out of 5 and never want to revisit it ever again.
0: All
1: right. Awesome. So I had that going for me
0: right um, well the flicks I saw actually were uh, the, I, I will give uh, a recommend to uh, the first one I saw was uh, uh, Kill Your Darlings uh, how's your Yates have you read of Vision uh, never heard of it oh it's completely brilliant and impossible he says that life is round that we're stuck on this wheel of living and dying an endless circle. Until someone
1: breaks it. You walked in here. You ruptured the pattern. Bang! The whole world gets wider. wider. How did you add uh, it's consonants? A reiteration of themes. Are you a writer? Because I've got a job for a writer. No, I'm not.
0: Well, you're not anything yet. Uh, this one's familiar. Daniel Radcliffe, Dane DeHaan, uh, Michael C. Hall makes uh, an appearance in this one. Uh, basically, about... Uh, these literary geniuses, and this is based off uh, based off two stories, two characters. Uh, Radcliffe plays Allen Ginsberg. Yes. Um, I can't remember the character of Dame Hahn plays, but there's another guy that plays Jack Kerouac, and it, it's these these poets and these like uh, fringe writers from back in the day, and how they met at Columbia University, and and sort of their. Their relationships with each other—that yes, were were very dude on dude heavy and stuff. They they don't they don't. It's not a graphic movie like a, like a, the Liberace flick or anything like that. But uh, there is uh, there is some Harry Potter making out with guy from Chronicle scenes, which is a little uh, a little odd. But uh, um, none of these characters are likable. However, they're they're portrayed very well. They're acted very well. So from a from a character study, from the point of the actors, um, it's worth a watch because they do do a really good job. Uh, Radcliffe definitely definitely separating himself from that whole Harry Potter thing very easily. Mm-hmm. And Emma Watson, uh, who's not in this movie, she's also managed to separate herself from that, which is not an easy thing to do when you know they've done you know they did. What ten or eleven years of
1: of Harry Potter? And it's my understanding that actually Rupert Grant also has a very I haven't heard much of, well, about him. The way I hear it, he does a whole lot of independent cinema in England. Okay, really, really limited release British films, and that's kind of his his love. Which which is interesting because if you were to look at the the three characters, if you were to say which one of those three characters do you think would be the one doing the the little do-it-yourself independent stuff, I would argue that it would be Rupert Grimm. Mm-hmm, right. I mean, yeah, I, I, I they all three have done a great job of getting beyond the Harry Potter thing, but not trashing the Harry Potter thing either. Right. They don't piss all over what basically created them.
0: Right. Um. What... Kill Your Darlings is is can be a little frustrating because there's no real plot to it. It's really just sort of this snapshot in time of these guys meeting each other, the way they interact, the relationships that they build with each other in this this block of time, uh, in their college uh, years, and how some of the their thinkings and their mindset very very uh, stick to the man, anti-establishment mindsets. Of these guys. Which makes them very difficult to embrace Mm -hmm. as people. I think if you you know they they uh, I know Ginsburg had uh, uh, serious communist uh, agendas to him. Um, Definitely people that I don't think if you met them in real life you would you would necessarily like just because they 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 almost border on radicalism. but like i said this is is this their college years just the way that their relationship's built their 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 uh affection for one another kind of thing it's an interesting character study it's acted real well um I give it about a two and a half out of five it's it's not great uh it it gets a little draggy at points uh because there's really no no point to the whole thing other than just that snapshot in time but you know, worth a watch for the for the performances.
1: All right. Well, my next movie I saw what the hell did I do? There we go. Was the January Jones film Sweetwater? I don't trust
0: him. I don't trust Mister Josiah much either. But I don't believe he's a violent man, especially not want to shoot a dog. This is a wild country here. Good at being anybody. I square things up with Mr. Josiah, A little strife is not uncommon amongst neighbors. I'm pregnant.
1: A child, we are not ready.
0: What did you think would happen?
1: He just maybe next year would be better. Well, then you should have been more careful. Uh, that's basically it's an old west film where she and her husband have this plot of land out in the middle of nowhere. And they kind of cross over with the town minister, who, who again, is a, a shady, shady do-batter. And she has to basically avenge her husband's death. And that's what they tell you the movie's about. Problem is, it takes 45 minutes to get to that point. So, it's 45 minutes of build-up for this thing that is literally in the tagline of the movie. So... The movie's an hour and a half. You do the math on how much real interesting story you have here. January Jones is is fine in the role. It it kind of feels like what was the Sharon Stone movie? Was it Quick and the Dead, where she played the gunslinger?
0: Some I think
1: with I think it was her, Gene Hackman, and was DiCaprio in that? I know there was a young there was a a dude actor who has since grown up to be a much bigger actor it doesn't matter um, this comes off as a very much a quick in the dead light because it's there's a whole lot of build up with a whole lot without much payoff in the end it's not a waste of time film but you kind of feel like there really isn't much there almost as if the screenplay may have been 15 pages long <laughs> and they struggled to shoot that. Right. Um, yeah, it, it's it's on Netflix streaming. It, if you have Netflix, fine. You won't hate the time, but can't give it much more than 2.5. I mean, I'm sorry, a 2 out of 5. There's nothing really memorable about the film. And you know a film's kind of in trouble when all people remember is January Jones was topless in this movie. That's the film's claim to fame, and it's about all you're going to get out of it.
0: Right on. Um, the other flick I saw, I had heard some, uh, I heard some positive things about it. Europa Report. Okay, William, uh, we got a frozen pen. Okay,
1: guys, leave that last panel for now. What do you think? We can't tell how bad it is till we get in there.
0: You sure, man? You don't want to put heat on there first? It just feels... The damage could spread. panel... Yeah.
1: What the hell is going on out there? Okay, I'm set. Come on. I ripped my glove. It's okay. Andre's okay. We're tethered. I got him hooked to me. We coming in. Andre, do not attempt to climb back in on your own, James. I see him. I see him. I got him. Going for him, hang on. It's a small rip. Take it easy.
0: Just relax, big guy. Keep calm, Andre.
1: I'm bleeding. Gotta save your oxygen. He's
0: losing air, but he's got his hand on it. I'm bringing him in. Uh, Also streamable on Netflix now. Um, This was actually a pretty tight little sci-fi flick. Um, Sort of conjures uh, memories of uh, Sam Rockwell and Moon. Only this is a lot more interesting. I found Moon. I found Moon to be highly overrated. I thought a lot of it was kind of boring. This one here, I didn't find boring, and this is a very—it's a deliberate flick, but it's only ninety minutes long, and it, and it takes a while to get to its point. Um, basically, you have Europa, which is a moon of Jupiter, and satellite. I don't know if it's satellite imagery or or, uh, or pods that they had sent there had had. Uh, Apparently, and apparently this is all based on fact, have have seen uh, 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 ice deposits and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So they think that there's like possible oceans underneath it and stuff. And so scientists say, well, if there's oceans, there's a very good chance there's life. Uh, So they send an actual manned spaceship to Europa. And they're making points of like, once we passed Earth's moon, we were now farther than any man had had ever been. It took them like a year to get to this moon of Jupiter and stuff, and they, um, you know, they lose, they lose uh, contact with Earth at some point because they go through some solar storm thing. and You always get the sense of sort of dread on this, like like this isn't going to end well, but the characters are committed enough to what they're doing that you're kind of rooting for them. Um, there's no character development here because it really is strictly about this mission. Uh, and when they get there, of course, all sorts of shit, all sorts of hell breaks loose. And But, but not in a cliché, we've seen this a million times way. Is it
1: shot found footage style? It
0: is found footage style, but it's not like... It, it doesn't feel found footage style. It, it's definitely... Back on Earth, there's uh, these people that are sort of narrating it to this council of people t- and saying that they they sort of found or they got the communication uh, the communication systems back at some point, and that the crew had sort of chronicled one person that the, 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 the s- spoiler alert the sole survivor at that time sort of chronicled what had happened and stuff. And then they have of course the cameras that are on on board the thing so they can go back and look at everything that was happening there. but they don't look at it from this sort of you're never really looking through those camera lenses like you see in most found footage things. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like you're just watching the movie um, knowing that somebody is there watching this as as a found footage thing um, but they don't they don't go cliche at the end. They find the life uh but it but they they find it mostly in you know the one celled organisms and stuff like that. There is one i guess uh one payoff there's a a creature, if you will, but it's not one of these things where you feel like you know this this thing is hunting them or anything like that. It's just sort of like. You could chalk it up to being like, ah, it's just sort of curious, like, what are these things in my environment? Because this is new, you know, kind of thing, and and just their their, des- their their desire to learn more and maybe you know breach protocol or overstay their welcome becomes sort of their downfall in the, in this whole thing. It's never really about about the creature that's on Jupiter, anything like that. Um, it, it, it's its a pretty interesting watch. There's some tension that's built up in there. Um, it's very realistic, at least from an uneducated you know, space science uh, perspective and myself. But it, it feels pretty authentic in, in the types of things they do. Um, it's only an hour and a half long, and it actually it was... Done quite well. Uh, Charlotte Copley's in it because, well, you know, it's a sci-fi flick, and of course, Charlotte Copley's in it
1: with that face. Um, I don't know if there's much else he can do. <laughs> um, Daniel Wu. Uh,
0: there, there's a couple of uh, a couple of people you've heard or seen before in this. Hmm. Uh, I recommend it. I give it a solid three and a half out of three. Really? Yeah, it definitely, uh, definitely interesting enough to to hold your hold your attention, even though it's like I said, it's it's a slow, deliberate build up um and the payoff is is minor but it's there at the end but again it it never becomes about that payoff because they don't treat this thing like this big ominous presence yeah you kind of want to know what's going on and you just sort of get a brief thing at the end that that sort of you know, sort of wraps it all up. So yeah, it's pretty pretty solid little uh, sci-fi flick if you're into that type of thing. If you if you like Moon, you probably love this.
1: Yeah, I I didn't like Moon. Trying I to remember, I, I I think Moon Moon was just too boring for me. I don't remember if I ever tried Moon or not because I I I love Sam Rockwell and I remember you seeing Moon because you were excited to see it because you were hearing good things and Sam Rockwell yeah. and then I remember you. Basically saying that you found it boring to the point where it was almost a painful to watch at times, which yeah. with my issue with deliberate pace movies, that's troublesome. Yeah. So, all right. You had one Good, more. No, I do. Uh, I saw the recently released film Odd Thomas. Right now, the creepy guy in the diner. I can randomly
0: wander around and pretty quickly I'll run into him. This is a talent for which I have no name. Stormy calls it psychic magnetism. That's Tom Jed. He was my little league coach. Been hanging around Tire World for years. Although, I don't know why his death was not caused by a defective tire. Such a beautiful girl! There's something about a dead man trying to get a laugh that just bugs me. Perhaps because it suggests that even in death, we still have a pathetic need to be liked, as well as the ever-present ability
1: to humiliate ourselves. Uh, which is a apparently a Dean Koontz book, and for people, I think most people know who Dean Koontz is. I, I guess you could call him the Stephen King light because he's been doing it for as long as Stephen King, but he's got to release two books a year. His books are much easier reads than anything Stephen King's got. Right. I think they can be a little bit more enjoyable, though. Um, But it it basically is about this kid who can see dead people. So, yeah, I know you're instantly thinking, oh, okay, yeah, we've seen this before. But it's, it's an interesting movie in as much as they did as a comedy. And I'd be curious to see if the, the, the book was actually done as a comedy. It's, Basically, Anton play, Yeltsin plays Odd Thomas. That's his name. His first name is Odd. and His first name is really odd. And the, his explanation is that he believes that his name was going to be Todd. But they screwed up on the birth certificate and missed the T. And no one noticed. And it was odd. Um, okay. Willem Dafoe was the town police chief. I dig me some Willem Dafoe and basically uh, it, uh, i'm losing the name there was there was an up and coming actress that played his girlfriend who was hot um but it's just follows Glenn this Close. kid it was Glenn Close <laughs> it was her wow i never i never didn't make that that jump but it follows this kid who who starts seeing weird things he he sees these i think they call them bodocks which are these Little black ghosties, a la something out of Ghost, but with slightly better animation, Slightly. Right. That are always like harbingers of doom. That whenever he sees them, he knows something really bad is coming. And all of a sudden there's this mass influx of them following one particular person who's kind of new to town. And it's up to Odd Thomas to figure out exactly who this guy is. And how it translates the town because he's seen such an influx of these Bodox things, he thinks it means that the, the town basically is sitting on a hell gate. And he has to stop the whole thing from happening. I was surprised because going to this movie, I thought it was going to be terrible. It was a movie I remember them locking the deal down to make, but then I never heard about it again. And suddenly, boom, it's on video. It's not a great film. But it's not a bad film either. What's interesting is it's a non-rated film. Non-rated films tend to mean one of two things. Either they didn't want NC-17 or it was made for TV. And I think this may lie closer to made for TV. They say shit maybe twice and you see a girl in her panties once. Other than that... There's nothing objectionable in this film, I think so part of me thinks that they just wanted the the non rated piece just so they could just call it Family Fair and go from there. I don't know how it would play out as family fair. It's enjoyable enough, not scary. light on the comedy. I think the comedy aspect is probably a flaw, or it may have been their way of dealing with the fact that I don't think their budget was probably more than a million bucks, so do you need
0: a budget to make comedy?
1: Uh, not really. Even though I'm sure Anchorman Two cost him a bit, but most of that's contract. Yeah. Um. I. But I can certainly recommend this people uh, this film to people if you're just looking for something different. It's not a great film, but you won't hate it. I'd say two point five out of five. Yeah, give it a watch. You won't despise the movie. Right on. And I do have one more movie to plug.
0: Okay.
1: I finally saw the Lego movie. Right on. And you're right. People need to be on this. It's awesome. Animation-wise...
0: awesome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what they say in the song. Animation-wise, I don't think I've seen animation that good. It was... I found myself just sitting there thinking, this is nothing short Well, they short don't of listen tricks. No. No. I mean, the attention to detail, the fact that it was a Lego film, I, I was just absorbed in it. It was... I found myself going, wow. So, the big change of pace that you referenced that may work for some, may not for others. That happens, what, about two-thirds of the way in. I I actually didn't like that piece, but I get what they were trying to do with it. But I almost felt that it it jarred me out of the animation to the point where I'm like, no, go back to the animation. (laughs) Right. But I get the angle. I get the whole let kids have their imagination thing. That's how I think that this film had to play out. I'm not looking forward to a second Lego movie because I, I just don't know that they can it's recapture coming. it. Oh, I know, but yeah, this—you were right. This movie is one people need to see. It was. Oh, well,
0: there's a lot of good pop culture references oh, it. Like, yeah. You know, all over the place. Uh, I thought Chris Pratt was the right guy to play, uh, you know, the the lead in this one. <laughs> yeah, there's. It's fun
1: to try to figure out who the voices are. Well, it, the thing is, it was driving me nuts. The, the 80s spaceman one, Ben or Benny or whatever, I'm going, I know his voice is fucking Charlie Day. Yeah. And I that, I could not place it. And so I had to sit there and I'm like, oh, but yeah, if you're watching the, the cast go by, it's a who's Who? That movie's right full of people. Will Arnett as Batman, though. He was, was awesome. Was I don't was, need another Batman. No, for that. no. That was just off the hook. Yeah. I loved it.
0: Yeah, good stuff. Um, all right. So that's what we have been watching over the last uh, few weeks. And we have one other one that we are going to talk about. And we're going to come right back with our review of Divergent. Yes, sir. <laughs> For you, for your test? No, I was terrified. The only way our society can survive is for each of you
1: to claim your rightful place. Today
0: you will take a test that will help you discover who you truly are. The future belongs to those who know where they belong. You ready? to tell me what to do
1: we're supposed to trust the test didn't work on you they call it divergent
0: so it uh it's been a while since we've had the opportunity to get into the theater it is it has because it's been just an absolutely shitty first two and a half months of this year
1: yeah plus
0: we had pretty much caught up on all our oscar stuff which a lot of times we'll see that stuff these first couple of months just you know because there's nothing good out there but having seen all that
1: it's no reason
0: (laughs) other than the lego movie it's been a pretty dry uh a dry first couple of months and now we're starting to uh from this point forward we're you know we're not going to have to go more than maybe a couple of weeks. You know, without something worth checking out. Yeah, we're struggling
1: because next weekend actually is... Grand Budapest releases
0: here in NOAA, which I will find a way to see
1: both of them. Then we have Cap the following week. Then Captain America the following week. Early word on Captain America is that this film is fantastic. Well, let's hope it is. Uh, It looks good. Yeah, I I can't wait. I'm looking forward to that one.
0: Uh, That'll be our next podcast. Yes, it will. Captain America. So, uh, the latest young adult franchise has hit the big screen. I've read the first book. You have not. I have not. So, that'll, that sort of will give us an interesting take on, on whether we liked or disliked uh, this flick. Um, young adult franchises, hit or miss... Um, mostly miss when you when you pull in all of them like this mortal instruments thing or the Ender's game actually uh, does Enders game uh, qualify i don't think so I don't think so um there was another one that was just recent what was it vampire academy yeah just, that
1: would that would boss uh
0: all sorts of 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 shitty adaptations out there, then you get the hunger games um you know. Uh, Twilight's a difficult beast in that, yeah, they're they're cr- they're shitty movies, but they were highly successful movies, and the fan base ate it up. So I don't know that I, I don't think you can call those a failure from at least a monetary no. monetary perspective. Um, but I've always contended that, especially when you look at something like Twilight, that. It's almost, it's unfair to judge them too harshly because these movies are nowhere near made for people like us. These are not movies, and, and neither is The Hunger Games, neither is The Harry Potters. But so, So I think it says something about the quality of the film if they can get those movies to connect with us, like The Hunger Games does. Yeah. Like the Harry Potter stuff did, at least towards the end of the series, Twilight is—it's a love story about a sparkly vampire and a and a quiver-lipped chick that didn't really matter. I don't know if it mattered what they were going to do if they were going to be faithful if they were going to create faithful adaptations to their source. There was no way in hell we were ever going to buy into it, right? Um, So now we have Divergent, which. A lot of, I don't want to say critics, a lot of internet flamer is claiming, it's a, oh, it's just another Hunger Games. And I have a problem with that because I don't know why everything has to just be another X. Yeah. Why can't it just be the first Divergent? Why does it have to be? Why did the Hunger Games have to be the next Battle Royale? Why does LeBron James have to be the next Michael Jordan? Why can't they just be what they are? The similarities, are there similarities? Sure, there's similarities in every
1: movie out there to something else. Yeah, um, this this was certainly its own story. The only real similarity I could see would be, if somebody said, so in effect, the five factions, basically each one of those would be like one of the different districts in Hunger Games.
0: In a way, yeah. I mean, yeah, There's there's a... A girl who rises to to sort of become the champion. There's a love story. Right. So it, that, it's a young, a young adult, young adult theme, theme.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Right. That, so you know they're that? written for teenage girls. So right. I would, and I will go after your defense of Twilight. I will go this oh, far defending. I Twilight. will say that I would much rather my kid read this kind of theme than I would the themes that Twilight gives, because there's nothing healthy that comes out of Twilight. I would argue that Hunger Games and Divergent...
0: There's an there's empowering more, aspect to it. That's
1: that's the it, it's a much and there's an healthier empowering thing. to a young woman. And I, I love the fact it. that Shailene Woodley herself came out because she got tired of people saying it's Twilight, and she basically came out and trashed Twilight, saying that this is not pick this is not some girl in an extremely unhealthy relationship, <laughs> right. which Twilight is. Right.
0: Um. So, having read the book, I will first say that. This was a very, very accurate adaptation of the book. Um, it's certainly a part of a much bigger picture, and and it, I I think they they closed this movie, giving it a This this movie can stand on its own. If, if they were to end it and you didn't have the sequels, you could you could end it here. It, it's it's unfinished, but you could still. You could still get away with ending it and just say, "Oh, I wonder whatever happened to them," um, but we know that it's going to. There's two more. No, they were
1: on the train that conveniently went to the wall, <laughs>
0: right? Um, it's it, it was a very very true adaptation. Uh, I thought I thought the performances on the whole were good. I thought Shailene was was excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a much more implausible storyline than what you would get with the hunger games there's a lot there's a lot you can look at this that you have to just take at face value that like there's no way in hell any of this could even possibly when you're talking about manipulating human nature right there you've pretty much discredited any anything you're going to try to do at this point because it It's pretty
1: impossible. I found myself (coughs) thinking, Um, "This is a story if a five-year-old writes a story," because the 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 leaps of faith that they're expecting you to take make Axe Cop look realistic.
0: Right. Uh, (laughs) um, Yeah, it's definitely uh, in a lot of places. They just it's like there was so much stuff packed into that first book that they felt that just needed to be in there. That really just sort of gets, I don't know, brushed over real quick just because it had to be there. The whole section where she just says, you're a coward, and all of a sudden dude pitches himself off to his death. Which is in the book, but there's no build up to who this character is. Yeah, we know that he sort of was, was... And a lot
1: of people looked alike in this film. There were a lot of people that looked like Miles Teller, and Miles Teller was in the film. (laughs) So I found myself there were two other characters that weren't Miles Teller that was like, oh, that's Miles, wait, no, that's the kind of Miles Teller dude. There was like Will or something, the dude who pitched himself, they all look like Miles Teller. And apparently if you join a faction, you wear their clothes, so they're all wearing black. Right. So I had no idea who any of these fucking people were because they didn't spend any time on character development no, whatsoever. Don't. No, they
0: don't. Um, no, they they pretty much get right to the point, um, which which sort of makes you struggle in in finding a reason to give a shit about them. Um, I don't. Uh, you know it. it you start with the whole, uh, she's going to, they do a quick voiceover with Shailene Woodley, sort of, sort of setting up what this world is Then she's gotten to her 16th birthday and she has to be tested to sort of determine what is her best course of action, which of the five factions she should belong to. And then the following day, there's the choosing ceremony, the sorting hat, I guess you will. Uh, um, but you still have, oddly enough, this was something that was confusing to me, you, you've basically brainwashed this entire civilization, but yet you still give them the autonomy to choose what it is you're going to, where they can go. If, if you want to keep the human nature aspect out of your society... <clears throat> why are you allowing them the freedom of choice? Um, and so she comes up, of course, uh, in her test—a uh, very, very quick segment. There, um, oh, uh, it's inconclusive. Well, why is it inconclusive? Um, ah, <clears throat> <clears throat> uh, swallow draw or something. Um, And then she just, out of the blue, chooses that she wants to leave her faction and join Dauntless. And you don't really get a sense, at least from, I don't remember if you do in the book, but you don't really get a sense from the movie
1: why she would have done that. I can tell you why. And I was angry at this scene. Because Dauntless were the only ones that weren't in line for the choosing, they all showed up and jumped out of the train all excitedly. Yeah. I'm looking at this going, a five-year-old wrote this scene. Because all the other ones are in perfect lines, and she's looking at them going, oh, they're the fun people. Because they jump out of a train and all <coughs> run down partying, and they were the only ones cheering. And I found myself despising that aspect of this film. A five-year-old wrote this. And that's why she chose them. That's it's because I think Veronica Roth's like 23. <laughs> And she wrote it a while ago. Because they were the ones that had fun. That's the only thing I can come up I, with. I guess. Because they, at no point, I'm watching this, as I'm watching this go up, play out, I'm thinking, well, because of the way Dauntless has been, she's going to choose Dauntless, right? Because they're cheering. But did they're we get a, Did
0: we get any sense from her that, did we get any sense from her that she was... Uh, well, yeah, I, I mean, she wasn't... You could tell she was
1: unfulfilled. Well, what do you don't, mean? or whatever? Abnegation? That would be the worst. You wear gray clothes, Ooh, you can't just look yourself, to, and to, you, to, you just right. count and yet they're the governing body, which, that seemed odd. I think you'd give that to Kandra, wouldn't you?
0: Um. Well, Erudite was the uh, intelligence. candor which, which was well, the right and wrong, they were the lawyers. Here's, here's a sidebar, let's, let's, let's go off here for a second. Kate Winslet's character, which I guess you could equate was their president snow, if you will, was, um, was an erudite Mm -hmm. and she seemed to be pulling all the strings for this entire thing. Yes. If abnegation, ab, ab I might have trouble with that one all day, um, is the governing body. How is she in charge? I don't know. Of this, of this society.
1: I, is there is there a ruling society above I, 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 the abnegation? I have no grasp of how it would be that abnegation could even be the ruling body if they have nothing... If they have no selfish thought in their head, you can't rule. Well, that was part, their
0: thought. Part of... That
1: ru- they would help everybody else. But part of rule... Is feeling like you should be above others. There is a certain amount of selfishness of being in charge. Perhaps
0: I'm just I'm just curious how uh, there's this erudite. And I don't know if they ever said she was erudite, but no, you have it, to and presume if that she was wearing the erudite blue,
1: right? And she was in the erudite and offices, she, and
0: she she is sort of spearheading the whole erudite takeover of Abnegation. Mm-hmm. Um, so. How does she, she's like this this president of the whole process, and she's not in the faction that is the governing body. Right. I thought that was, that's a little strange.
1: I I Um, found myself struggling whenever they showed the erudite office. So was it Dauntless people who were the security people in there, or did the erudites also have guns? Because there were a couple long haired hippie erudite types who had
0: guns <laughs> right i'm sh- I'm sure they had i know that they they say dauntless is sort of the the police force for all the factions, but you would have to think that uh, erudite has certain i i don't know they don't they don't explain that i, I, I this is one of those situations where where Having not read the book, they didn't do a great
1: job at connecting a lot of the dots. And it started early for me at the first big assembly in Dauntless when I showed them all eating. I'm going, then who the fuck are the cooks? Because they were eating prepared hamburgers. Yeah, they were. Who cooked them? Somebody.
0: <laughs>
1: do we need to know who cooked the damn, who cooked lunch? I would say yes. If you tell me there are five jobs you can have and cook isn't one of them, then who did it? Well, what did he
0: say the jobs were? There's guarding the wall or whatever, something like that. There's, uh, what else was there? Guarding,
1: military, and. Was it police? I or day For me, that's minor. I don't give a fuck who cooked it, the damn lunch. It's not, though, if you're then trying to say. Were those Iridites that were the security force in the erudite building, or were they Dauntless? And this, that's my that's point. That's fair. No, that's a fair question. But no, that, that's my crossover is, do we have crossover? Because this movie takes great pains in showing that they each have their own building, yet they have these shots up above of all five groups walking well, sure. amongst each other. Sure,
0: there seems to be a, 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 a that's just it. They, they talk about once, you know, it's faction or blood, and you can't go back to your families, you can't do this. But she just walked into to uh, into her brother's thing. She, exactly. Yeah. She it, just disappeared in the middle of the night as an
1: initiate.
0: If you're going to, if your whole reason for for factioning out these people is to, and she said it was to take human, um, not emotion, but uh, just the, the humanity out of this society, then you have to take choice out of the society. Right. And, and this is where I'm struggling and, and that's, so hard. And that's where the Hunger Games that story succeeds is that it's more of a a, a fear thing. You're still allowed to do what you want to do within your own thing, but if you step out of line, this is what happens yeah. to you. In in this here, it, there doesn't seem to be a lot of consequence to that degree. Yeah, we find out that if you're if you if you're if you're not brainwashed if you're divergent then you're a problem i can see that in this society Mm -hmm. but i don't understand how everybody is not divergent here i because this is this is a this is a brainwashed society it has to have been a brainwashed society Mm -hmm. and you can't you can't keep choice in a brainwashed society
1: it's a flawed premise. It's a flawed story. Well, in, in, in that, I'm finding myself struggling with the entire construct here, with the, with the concept, because yeah, you can't. It's not possible to eliminate all free choice without chemicals. You can't do it, right? So, to to even picture, show these sixty, these we'll say ten year old kids. Among the abdication or whatever the group they are, already picking up that lifestyle it doesn't i i 'm struggling because it doesn 't make sense it i don 't get how they have five pockets, which we only saw three of them really. Right. we saw the Abdication, we right. saw dauntless and we saw the Erudite. Right, but then they at some point when they cross over walking in the street wouldn't free will become part of that doesn 't it i'm not i'm not
0: sure that they I'm not sure they bring the factions together outside of that that main event. And I don't. I don't think that on just a regular day. Now I know that throws it in the face of how she just sort of moseyed on into Erudite to see her brother, but I, I don't think that that these factions intermingle on any regular sort of basis. I, I think they're all in their little factions, but then they bring them to this. I, I don't even know if it's within any specific uh, faction that they that they do this stuff in the city
1: when they did the 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 testing and the, and the choosing. Of, well, and that's the other piece I'm struggling with because it looked like the Iridites ran it, right? Because it certainly well, it, appeared that way. It looks that way. But Maggie Q was Maggie dauntless. Maggie Q was dauntless, and she was the one who gave her the test. Yep, and the tattoo. Apparently, in the future, tattoos become really boring and just black, right? <laughs> yes. Colors disappeared because they clash with your outfit. Right. Um, so, what the fuck was Maggie Q, then? I, 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 I don't get how... It's, the conveniences that this story is asking me to take... Yeah. A five-year-old wrote in the middle of a gunfight where the chick's mom gets if, shot. The gunfire stops long enough for her to have a two-minute crying scene. The thing.
0: If Divergent is such a a problem for your agenda, and the agenda is is, I, I have no reason to think that it's not erudite. That's this is their agenda.
1: Oh, I totally. Think,
0: They're yeah. running this show. Mm-hmm. How do you not have people, your own people, in
1: place at this testing... Thank you. ...to weed this out? Thank you. (laughs) Nip it right in the bud. Because when they showed Maggie Q giving the test, I'm like, oh, okay, so Maggie Q is an erudite. So then they go for the tattoo, and Maggie Q is a tattoo artist. So I'm like, they went to an erudite tattoo artist, or do they have night jobs? No, Maggie Q is the tattoo artist in the Dauntless building, which apparently has a dance club now too. Which it's a shitty building, but it's got a really cool tattoo club. <laughs> right. um, and then Maggie Q just kept popping up again in random uh, places, yeah. but as Dauntless. Right. I don't get it. I just don't understand. Um, I, <sighs> yeah. There's there's
0: a lot of lot of holes here. I, you know, I never. Having read the book and knowing that this was a real, true adaptation of it, I never found myself hating what I was watching. I I, I enjoyed the things that were happening on there because because I was connecting it with what I read. But I, I can't, in good faith, say that this was it was it, this movie doesn't do a good job of standing on its own for somebody who doesn't know the source. Because it doesn't connect some of the dots, and then whether you've read the source or not, the the holes in this whole premise are so glaring that that you just have to shake your head and, and wonder. You know, it, it you have to trace it back to the source and going that this was just a, not a very well constructed story to begin with.
1: Um, and, and, yeah, I. I wanted to like this movie. I I, I, I have to say it from the get-go. I want Shailene Woodley to have a blossoming career. I think she is a very talented actress. And I thought she did a good job here. But I find myself... Much the way I got frustrated with the final seasons of Dexter. I got frustrated with this. Because early... Subtlety doesn't exist in this film. There's nothing subtle about it. Again... I started hating it as soon as they showed that Dauntless didn't have a line and all of them come jumping out of the train. I'm going, you gotta be fucking kidding me. So, what we have is parkour douchebags. That's what Dauntless is, right? Yes. They don't just walk <laughs> down the road. No, Dauntless runs and jumps and slaps each other and they cheer. Well, None I- of the others have humanity, right? They can't support each other. They have to be quiet and prim and proper. Dauntless though. Dauntless on the freewheeling type. Fuck you. This was five years old. This is edgy. It was so retarded. Well, just
0: just the whole the whole like,
1: okay, recruits after the
0: choosing ceremony, come with us. And it's like they're looking out, they're jumping. I'm sorry. <laughs> Do something here to at least make this somewhat authentic. One of these fuckers is not going to make that jump. Thank you. Either, either by the fact that they're like, fuck no, I ain't jumping on this train. Or they're going to miss the jump and fall to their death. But no, they just sort of, all right, here we go. Uh, nobody, nobody died from
1: this stuff that would have killed half of them. Right. <laughs> I'm watching them jump into the net and I'm thinking, how convenient that they're all laying down when they fall. Because if they kept, when they're jumping off that roof into the hole in the other roof, if you went feet first, your legs break, even in a net. All of them thankfully knew they were jumping into a circus net, right? I guess. Because that's the only way I could explain how every single one of them got off that net without a single injury. It And, thankfully, Dauntless, the security force has no security at that entrance. Right. Because otherwise the ending of this movie can never happen. Right. They were there was one dude, Miles Teller, in the hallway. Good. Good. That's awesome. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> um uh, go back to the acting, because I think the acting at least, you know, based on what they're given here to do, I think the acting was good. Yeah. Sure. I I I didn't have really I didn't I didn't feel like there was anybody that you could point to going like, "Well, that person just brought this thing down to a to a lower." Oh point. no no no! There was they, no there was, Foster no, from *Elysium* or here. Cameron
1: Diaz from *The Counselor*. Yeah. No, there was nothing. People did fine with what they were given here, yeah. and and I, I would say that across the board. I didn't see any acting job that I thought was bad. That's me who I don't like Maggie Q, whatever her name is. She was fine with what she was given I, yeah. and I think Kate Winslet has the look that she could be a a, a sinister smart person. fine she she's Kate Winslet right Yeah, I, I don't have any issue with any of the people in the roles here they, they were they were fine they they worked with what they had. Now
0: I have not read the second book or the third book here, so I don't know, I don't know where this story goes. I don't know if, if those books put more context around some of the stuff that we saw here. Um, there, there's some stuff here I, I just, I don't know how you even reconcile it if, if, if you do put more context around it. Um, so let me, let,
1: so in the book, was it focused just on Chicago? What
0: was it, uh, yeah, you know, what so, you saw in the movie is exactly what. So do they think their
1: the whole book? world that exists now is just Chicago? Chicago and what's beyond the walls. Right. So, the factions, as far as we know, are just a Chicago thing. They could be, New York City could be out there without factions. I think they're alluding to the fact that the war sort of destroyed
0: everything out there.
1: Yeah, because there there, there there were buildings mangled, and instead of cleaning those out, they just built new ones next to them. I noticed I, that. Yeah. it was I, destroyed skyscrapers, and right. instead of flattening those, they just built next to it. Right. It was, it was interesting architecture, I'll give it that.
0: Right. I, I don't know that we're supposed to believe there's anything beyond that that isn't just, you know, Mad Max level type stuff going on way
1: out there. Um, but the farming was happening outside the walls.
0: Yeah, but still, still close We're not to, close, no. Right. I'm
1: just saying that's where the agricultural piece was. Because the, uh, they, they referenced that those people would out be on the walls, but still they were under watch of people on the wall. Right. And they had the trucks going in and out. So it wasn't like it was some road. I'm not trying to shoot holes. I'm trying to figure out what the world is that we know it. Right. Because I'm struggling with the fucking train piece. The train that has no stops. Apparently people just jump off it. Right. Um. <laughs> But for some reason goes to the wall. Right? I I guess. Because... I don't know. It didn't stop. Right. The track goes to the wall. Right. But there's nothing between the city and the wall. It was just desolation. Right. But the train still goes to the wall.
0: I guess, yeah. Okay. It's got to be a circle of some
1: sort. I think. Maybe. Okay.
0: No, it's I I don't know that they built this subway. It could be that, much like the T in Boston goes. Oh well, right. Past no, the I'm city. assuming
1: it's Chicago. What do they call? it? Is it the L for elevated train? I'm sure that's what it's right. supposed to be. Right. I, I'm. I'm just. At some point. I'm sure there was something. Out well, there. my my point is again, this movie's not subtle, and no. I, I and I don't know if it's a comment on the book or the director Berger. There's nothing subtle about it. So. You got to believe then that this is pointing right at the fact that divergence then go beyond the wall because the train's taking them to the wall right, so that's the only th- the, with subtlety not being part of the story, divergence must be outside that It's a Chicago thing that within the walls you have faction but now let's bring up another problem okay. the factionless were they just hobos? <laughs> I guess
0: so. That's that's the interesting thing. Because, like, if you don't make it, they kick you out and you become factionless. Yeah, apparently it just just turns you into a hobo.
1: Instead of a divergent. Because you'd think that if you were... Turned aside by well, your you faction. Don't, you don't
0: have to be divergent to be factionless. You can no, just be no, flunked, right.
1: flunked out of it. Right. But would you not get a case in the ass that some group flunks you out and you start having your own free thought? If no one was trying to teach you anything, right. would right. you not at some point have free will? Sure. So why then are the factionless not part of the equation here? They just kept showing them as dirty hobos. Yeah. That the abdicated people were just hand food to every now and then. So unless they do something with the factionless in the second or third one, this is a huge hole in the story because they would not. Pe- if I was kicked out of Dauntless, I wouldn't keep holding to the dotless ideals. No. I'm fairly certain I'd start thinking on my own. So yeah, <laughs> I
0: well, I I just have a whole problem with the whole premise behind about that. There's that almost everybody wouldn't. Error towards free will here. Yeah. I, I don't know how they just so easily manipulated all these people into believing that this is how they need to, to live their lives. <sighs> For it's me. You're a sin. He can't hear you. Amazing, isn't it? Everything we think of that makes up a person thoughts, emotions, history
1: all wiped away by chemistry. Four. He's gone. And we're all safer for it. Safer? How are we
0: safer? The brilliance of the faction system is that conformity to the faction removes the threat of anyone exercising their independent will. Divergence threatens that
1: system. Don't get me wrong. There's a certain beauty in your resistance. Your defiance of categorization. It's a beauty we can't
0: afford. So we can't look in mirrors because vanity is not... What?
1: What does that have to do with anything? I... I, Yeah, I, I, I don't... I don't get it. I, I feel like there's... A, a, you're, you're not helping me. Because I feel like there's a hundred pages of the book that we didn't see <clears throat> that explains how each faction would have come to their sense of ideals that they've got. Solely because of that first scene with the well, abdication. With the whole, oh, that's long enough looking in the mirror. I'm going, Yeah, yeah what? I mean, they, they don't spend <laughs> Are, <laughs> any time... You're making time. a huge leap on... I like taking care of people and think, and 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 worrying about other people. There's a huge difference of saying that and I won't look at myself in a mirror.
0: They don't spend <laughs> any time explaining to you outside of just this very high level, there was a war and whatever government decided that this was the best way to keep the peace. They don't explore anything in how this society... Decided that this was was the way that they had to go, and who picked these fi- the qualities of these five factions specifically? Um, like I said, maybe that this is pursued more in the next two books. I don't know. Um, I'll, I'll read the next one to kind of see what happens here, just because I'm curious to see if it helps fill these gaps. But you know, why why is this world the way it is? And and how do they manipulate a society that they allow freedom of choice to how do they keep that in line it's it's I, not plausible
1: yeah i like again i i keep finding myself thinking if a 5 year old wrote a story this is what they come up with stuff that you just look at and go that's not it doesn't work like that. In no way does it would it could it ever work like that? The leaps of faith you have to take are just too large. Yeah. And to the point where I was finding it distracting and frustrating.
0: So who do you blame here? Do we do we do we blame the filmmakers who made a really, really essentially made a point-for-point adaptation of the book? Do we blame the author of the book for creating a such an implausible story? Um, do we blame the director because he didn't do anything to adapt this in a way that where it sort of can stand on its own? As a movie for somebody who didn't read the book, and and you're looking at it like, what the hell? I mean, who's at fault
1: here? I, I would have to say the author from the get-go, but I, I do think that Berger has to own up for some of the fact that...
0: It's a two-hour and 23-minute flick. There's plenty of time to fill in some gaps. Like I said, there's what? a lot of points in this where it just... They skim over so much. I mean, you get well. They skim over, but things are there just because they felt like they needed the baric to be there because they were in the book. Um, we spend a little bit more time with her training and stuff like that. With this, this, the fighting and stuff. How did she become such a badass? Do you tell me just practice reps on a punching bag and, turn you into and a
1: worst fighting form ever? Because apparently, sure. holding your arms yeah like you're trying to block something is right. the fighting stance that they're teaching people in the future, not yeah. boxing style with both fists are up, Flat armed out. Right. Worst fighting stance ever. Um,
0: why are these? Uh, we never really find out why these uh, dauntless leaders are sort of. On board with the whole erudite takeover thing, yeah.
1: I, 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 they're just douchebags. We spent five minutes, dude, climbing a ferris wheel, right. to see something that they could see from the ground, right. solely so they get the idea across that four had a fear of heights, right. so it showed that he also had fears, right. Five minutes, we didn't a- need that. After earlier
0: in the film, he said everybody has fears, right, so we already knew. By this point, yeah, we already knew that four was different. Mm -hmm. So we didn't need that scene to prove that to us.
1: And I'm sure in people's mind, well, right, but we got to see Triss rising above the others. I'm fairly certain that the entire point of this movie was going to be to show Triss rising above the others. (laughs) I didn't need her climbing a Ferris wheel to show me that. You could have spent five minutes on character development. Yeah. Or explaining the structure of this this Chicago here. Because you're losing me, but I got the Ferris wheel, and I got that she could see the flag, which you could see from the ground. Which music. was glow-in-the-dark. Right. Yeah. I, I, But I'm glad capture the flag for Dauntless, because they're such <laughs> badass parkour <laughs> douchebags, is with guns. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. I hate parkour. I really do, uh, decided yeah. I hate parkour. Parkour douches are fucking parkour frustrating. Is,
0: parkour is like is like the new like athletic douchiness. Yeah,
1: it's total. No, I don't. I don't use stairs. I run up walls and shit.
0: Yeah, I hop over things and run up walls in 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 cool ways. <laughs> yeah, parkour is a
1: douche. They're douche. They're total douches. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah, they're active hippies. That's what. They yes, they are. Freaking the. They're Walls can't contain them. Right. Forget your rules. Yeah. Forget your engineering. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs roads? Fuck you. Right. Douchebags. Right. But yeah, um, I I do think Berger is to blame for a lot of this though. Because I will say this, I I'm sure the story. I think.
0: Yeah, I, he is. And I didn't mean to interrupt you. No. It, uh, but I think the writing is is a problem. The, the,
1: the writing is certainly a problem, but the story, I'm sure, was written for 13-year-olds that aren't going to analyze. Um, sure. Are you uh, again, Are you I, really it, giving me this a story? This takes
0: me back to my original point being that this isn't really for us. Mm-hmm. Now... I, I don't know that that forgives Veronica Roth for, for creating such an implausible premise, you know. Just, it, it, Berger created this world uh, as you would envision it as you read it. I thought I thought it looked good. It, yeah, the, the, I, the I world, agree. The world looked as I think it should have looked. But yeah, if you haven't read the books... You 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 really will struggle with it because you, what character development there is in the books, you're not getting it all here.
1: Oh yeah, no, <laughs> no, no. You they don't even really develop Trissa's character. All you no, I you mean, have no. And again, going back to as best as we know, the only reason she chose Dauntless is because they were the parkour douchebags jumping off the train. Because their existence wouldn't have had her crossing over dauntless that much right. as they're living in their little gray building commune right um, why why
0: is the takeover by erudite why why all of a sudden now with this class of, of people you know why why did why did four did four need Triss to be his catalyst for his call to arms? You know, why none of that stuff is really explored here.
1: And so we're to assume that and the erudites using the, using the logic that is being an erudite has decided, through being an erudite, not free will, that they should take over. Right? Yeah. That there was no free will involved in, in that thought process. If that's the case, how did they ever allow it to begin with? Is it really the erudite or is it just the erudite leaders? Do we have a situation that this is basically another version of her where you build this thing and then over time it becomes its own sentient thing and and thinks bigger than it should I don't know. (laughs) I I just don't know what my takeaway was supposed to be from this film. Right. Shailene uh, Woodley is in a successful is, franchise. It's, not hurt it's her. done fine. This is not going to pull Hunger Games level. W- no, things. but people saying, "Oh, this could be another Moral Instruments Time out, People, it's not. No, this it's movie's not. It, it's, this movie's doing fine. The second one is already greenlit. Yeah, um, Muppets has done nothing to damage. Muppets was not doing well at all this no, weekend.
0: No, it, because it, it's just another Muppet movie. Right. I mean, it, this this is going to be. This is different from the last one when you could tell it was a labor
1: of love. It was a nostalgia thing. Now it's just another Muppet movie. This is the same as when they started rolling out all the other Muppet movies. They're like, okay, well, the first one was something, but now it's just getting tired. No, this movie will do fine. It won't hurt their careers. It's going to become a... It will be a popular franchise, I think teenage enough. kids will yeah. like it enough. Certainly, they seem. To be I swear, I saw more tween girls at this than I ever
0: did at uh, Hunger Games.
1: It, it was yeah. <laughs> I and certainly, I had the because I don't know if you caught it when there were a bunch of them out in the hallway. Which movies? Which do you like more, Hunger Games or this? Oh, this is much better. I'm like, fuck you. You're saying that because you just saw this. Right. Give it a month, two months. Yeah. Use rational thought. This was not better than The Hunger Games. Right. The Hunger Games at least developed some things. This didn't. I wanted to like this. I just found myself saying, "You're asking me to accept yeah, way too many conveniences." That's true. And
0: I, I didn't. I didn't hate the movie. It's just, yeah. It's just. It's just dumb teen fare. Yeah.
1: Uh, there's
0: nothing really intelligent about this. Um, you know, like I said, if you're gonna compare to the Hunger Games, the Hunger Games is is leaps and bounds a better, more plausible story. Uh, with a with a more defined world, a more defined character base. You you understand the characters, what their motivations and stuff are in Hunger Games. So far, you
1: don't get that here. I I will go so far as to say. I struggle with recognizing her brother because he also kind of looked like Monteller. And I thought that the angle they were going to throw would be that he was going to rise up for the erudite and kind of push the erudites against the other group. So, to me, it would have been a more interesting story if it was brother against sister. Right. I don't even find the way this ended to be satisfying.
0: No, well, yeah, there's... So I, I'm gonna go ahead, I'm gonna give this a two out of five, but I'm gonna give it a two out of five based on potential. Um I got enough from it, from the performances, from the the on-screen world that I saw, and that they were faithful to the source. I give that that's where I'm coming from. But just way too many leaps way too implausible of a premise to to take there's nothing that says oh god i can't wait for insurgent or whatever the hell the next one is i can wait for it I, i'm not jumping for joy over the next installment like i'm waiting for mockingjay right so
1: i, I this may surprise you but I, I will not go down the ones i'll give it a two Um, because much like you, I'll, I'll give insurgent a chance. I will see this movie. If it gives me no more than what I got here, fuck this series. (laughs) Fuck it all to hell because this, this is everything that you don't do when building a story.
0: Well, I think we'll find out later that the Amity, the Amity people all
1: sparkle and play baseball (laughs) in the, in the store. Oh, I would so enjoy that. (laughs) Yeah, and, and that that would, and that would that just everybody from Candor turns into a werewolf, <laughs> Oh, dude, dude, and, and they all play a, a rollicking game of Quidditch. Yes. No, the dauntless <laughs> people do because <laughs> the they are dauntless. the parkour asses. Right. Right. So they, they all get they together play and play Quidditch, Quidditch without flying brooms. That's right. It's way more edgy. To they fall. just swing from the posts yeah. and jump off buildings <laughs> at each other. Right. Stop that! That, uh, that's the next piece. Oh, uh, what? So where are all the other people? All we kept seeing are the initiates, right? But we have a city of millions of people, right? I I don't know how many people are there. Unless the, the ones we don't see from Dauntless are the ones that don't make the jump. That's what it is. <laughs> right. They're the well, dead we saw,
0: Dauntless. We saw more of them in like the, the dinner scene and stuff. Yeah. There, was, there was a bunch of them there. I don't know. Yeah out of five. Yeah. Alright. So two weeks, uh we'll get into a little bit more of our own wheelhouse here with some Captain America, The Winter Soldier.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, and yes, Teenage I, Girls, you have my permission to, to choose to bash that movie all you want. Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
0: fair is fair, I guess. Um and I will I will have at least uh, a take on Grand Budapest Hotel and Noah for that next one.
1: Yeah, I, I intend to see at least one of those. Right on. So Till next time. Late.
0: Late.